So there are three questions that I always ask when I think through a psalm, specifically for delivering it to God's people in a sense like we're doing now. So the first question is, what life situation would cause the psalmist to write these words? How would they have to feel to pen the psalm before me? So John Calvin called the psalms the anatomy of the Christian soul, which means that this God-inspired songbook is meant to teach us about the godly responses to the full spectrum of emotion in the Christian life. What does this psalm mean when it was first written? Second, how, how does the most likely real-life circumstances that, that gave rise to this psalm from, from the original author's perspective transpose into my life? If God inspired the psalms, at least in part, to teach us about the godly response to the various facets of the Christian life, then certainly these words shift into our own life situations to speak to us in, in whatever we are experiencing. So how does the life situation that gave rise to this psalm directly address me? Third, how does this psalm point to Christ? Although we should always pay attention to that second question first and and not instantly put this psalm directly into Christ's mouth, still every psalm is about Jesus. And we need to look at the way that each psalm takes us to our wonderful Savior. So when I think about the psalms uh, for these evening devotionals over the weeks ahead, these are the three questions that I'm going to bring each time, and, and hopefully they will guide us well to thinking about the Psalms together to close God's day. So then first, from Psalm 130, what life situation gave rise to this Psalm? Now, clearly, one where one life situation where the author was in distress. Verse 1 tells us, straight away that the psalmist cries to God from distress. This, this psalm is marked by the desperate request that God would hear the psalmist. Now verse 2 confirms that. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. The psalmist knew that in our most desperate hours, we are most pointedly aware that God has full reason to ignore us when when we are in distress. We know, as he continued to say, that if God would mark our iniquities, keep record of them, then no one would have a prayer in God's presence. The psalmist, however, threw himself upon the promise of God's forgiveness and put himself in the settled posture of waiting for God to arrive to help him. This psalm then erupts from the heart of God's people, as we know that we have to depend on God's mercy during our time of deepest need. So if we move from that first question, then we see to the second, then we see that Psalm 130 
transposes quite directly into our present circumstances. There are doubtlessly at least a good many of us who feel very much in distress these days as we are quarantined, in a sense, in our homes. That distress can take many forms, too. Perhaps we are most worried about the virus itself and have fears about getting ill with something that we still do not quite understand how serious it is. Perhaps we're struggling to maintain what we need during this time. You know, the basic comforts that the Western world uh, has grown accustomed to having are harder to get. Even just things like food and soap. Perhaps the Western world in particular is being robbed of these things that made us feel secure on our own without reference to God, the things in which we found our security and, and reasons for which we felt we could ignore God. And maybe God is taking those away for a reason. Perhaps you're worried about the outcomes of the present crisis. Maybe your job is in danger. Or maybe your significant plans for the future or maybe you've already lost your job. There is honestly little worldly reassurance about many things right now, and that can leave us feeling distraught. Whatever the case, we may feel very much in distress, and, and we may well be aware that if God were to consider us according to our sins, then he would never help us. It is needed that we would listen to anything that prompts us to, towards genuine repentance, whether that repentance relates directly to our immediate circumstances or, or not. We are always people who need to repent. And so I guess as a very pointed application, have, have you taken time when we all likely have much extra time for self-reflection and and when the world events point each of us to our own mortality and frailties, have you taken the time to consider ways that you may need to repent? I hope you will. Still, if we are Christians, then we must take this psalmist's disposition that we trust in God's forgiveness and make our soul to wait like a, a watchman for the morning. Did you notice in verse 3 that the psalmist asserts so confidently that with God there is forgiveness? And that the purpose of that is that God might be feared. The psalmist knows that God is forgiving sins for the sake of his own glory, and he Appeals to that. God, I do need to repent. But Lord, with you there is forgiveness. Because you are aiming to bring about glory for your name. But we, then, should cry out like this psalmist. The night watchman, of course, has to be alert 
throughout the long hours of darkness because imposing threats may pounce at any moment. His relief comes as the beams of dawn crack the horizon to end his season of anxious vigilance. We too must cast our hope into God's loving and forgiving arms, waiting for when he will arrive like the dawn. Now lastly, this the psalm takes us to Christ. We, the church, the new Israel, must hope in the Lord because there is redemption with him. He, he will redeem Israel from our iniquities. When Christ did pray exactly this prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, that the Father would prevent his distress, the Father sent him to his ultimate distress on the cross. And the reason that Christ endured the long night of God's curse was so that we will not. God provides forgiveness in his Son. And so as we look to Christ, we see the cracks of dawn always on the horizon because we know that God has come to save us and God will come again to help us. Let's pray together again. God, we do cry out that you would hear us. We have so many concerns on our hearts these days, and we need you to hear our voice. Turn your ears to be attentive to us as we pray for those who are most vulnerable in our congregation. God, help them, protect them. For your people all around the world, those who are older in age and those who are weaker in constitution because of other health issues. God, we pray that you would keep your people safe and rescue them from illness. God, we pray further for those who may be distressed because their works are overloaded. Uh, those who work in the medical fields, especially, we think of them, God, that you would uphold them, empower them to keep going, that you would keep them well and healthy. God, that you would be of aid to them and do so frequently and profoundly. God, for those who are in distress because they are worried about the outcomes of this virus and, and what it will do in terms of having long-term consequences for the world, God, we pray for them, that you would hear their cries. We pray for your people who have lost jobs already. God, we pray that you would provide for them financially, that you would give them means to support themselves. God, we pray that you would help them to find new work quickly, work that they might do from home, that they might do even in these times. We pray that you would provide for them. Lord, whether it be a loss of job or needing for more work or, or more help, God, we pray for your people. We pray that you would uphold them. God, we pray that you would provoke us, prompt us to consider the ways we might need to repent. This, this psalm has long been considered one of repentance, a penitential psalm. And as we come into your presence, God, we pray that we would consider that, that we need to repent. 
and help us to think through those ways in the coming days. Help us to have penitent hearts. Help us to turn away from our sins, to hate them, to turn to the gospel for assurance of forgiveness. Turn to your Holy Spirit for renewal and increased strength in putting away our sin and putting on new righteousness. God, we pray that we would pursue you in practical ways, reaching out to other Christians to uh, build them up, to hear encouragement, loving one another well, as we were exhorted to do last week. God, we pray you would use these means that we have tried to uh, provide for observing your day. We pray that you would bless them. We pray that you would keep this day holy in our hearts, in our lives, uh, even when we cannot be together. We pray that you would hear us as we cry out for mercy that we could be together again. And yet, we close this prayer in hope, like a watchman looking for the morning. He knows it will come. We know you will come. You will break the long night with cracks of beautiful dawn that promise us that Christ is our Savior. We do pray these things in his name, for his sake. Amen.